Periscopers and YouTubers. And let's see who else we've got. Instagrammers and Twitterers. Tweeters. Um, and YouTubers. So, once again, we're trying to make the best of this situation. And that means Wesley Center is going online for a lot of stuff. And one of the things that we introduced today were daily Bible readings uh, with the Wesley Center. And these are keyed to something called uh, the Revised Common Lectionary, which is a cycle of readings over a course of three years that you'll a lot of times see churches use. So if you've ever visited a couple of different churches and, and noticed that the preachers were seem to be preaching the same thing as your church, probably because they're using the Revised Common Lectionary. Along with that, though, goes a series of daily readings so that uh, if you wanted to, uh, it's kind of a neat idea because the whole church as a community, the church universal, could all be reading the same scripture every day and engaging in the Bible in that way, which is a really cool idea about Christian community. So what I'm going to try to do, whether or not it works, is to offer these readings on a daily basis, and I'm going to try seeing how we can make it, um, to do just some daily off-the-cuff, kind of shooting from the hip, reflections on uh, one of the scriptures for the day. And each day you'll see that there's an Old Testament and a New Testament and a Psalm. And so I'm going to do the best I can to do that. Uh, starting with that today, uh, I'm going to look at Acts 9, 1 through 20. Now, having said that, uh, one thing that's on my mind as we make this transition to social media so much is that uh, my experiences in the past with social media, for instance, there's a reason why I have comments turned off on Periscope, have been with trolls. And anybody who spends any time on social media knows that trolls love to troll. Um, and so we have to deal with that today and in, in this day and time. And so as everybody makes this transition to social media, a lot of people, a lot of church people especially, who have never really used it that much, um, I've been thinking about them and thinking, oh, I, we may need to explain some things about what that is and how to deal with it, how best to deal with it. Um, I personally have learned that you just don't engage with them. You just mute their comments or don't let people comment um, and just, you know, just let them move on to happier hunting grounds because they're really just in it for what, you know, whatever sense of power and authority they get from it. I'm not really sure how or what that matters to them. But anyway, so as, anyway, as I was quickly a few minutes ago looking at the scripture readings for today, um, looking at especially the one from Acts, it just that idea, I guess, is in my head, and it just kind of popped into my mind uh, that uh, Saul, who, spoiler alert, goes on to become the Apostle Paul, uh, really was kind of, in a way, king of the trolls. Now, that's not... Yeah, I know, it just touched my face, but my nose was itching and I was going crazy. Not to minimi minimize what it was that Paul was doing, because Paul was doing some pretty atrocious things. But he, I think, in a way, shared a lot in common with um, with the people that that we call trolls. As a matter, I think he was kind of for this time the king of the trolls. So I'm going to read the text to you here uh, from Acts nine one through twenty. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. 
He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there, speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man named Tars uh, Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. So here we got Saul, the king of the trolls, and just some quick ideas about that. First, I need a sip of coffee because my throat needs coffee. So Saul got caught up in, I think, what a lot of people who troll other people get caught up in. And if we're all honest, we've done this ourselves a time or two before. Probably nobody is innocent from doing this. But he got caught up in the zealousness of being right. Um, you know, that, that for him, it was an issue of, of being right and being right at all costs. And more importantly, being right and the other people being wrong. And, and for someone like Saul, that meant that it wasn't just enough to be right or to know that he was right. He also had to pursue the people who he thought were wrong. And for him, that meant chasing them down, rooting them out, capturing them, dragging them back to whatever source of authority he thought was the most important. Um, it's kind of like that joke is, you know, uh, I can't go to bed yet somebody's wrong on the internet you know you can't just leave it be you have to you have to pursue it now that doesn't mean that sometimes you need to actually speak the truth in situations and say uh, what you're saying here is detrimental and not good for people's health or good people's welfare so sometimes you might actually have to challenge somebody's assumptions but that's generally not what trolls are doing and that's not really what Paul was doing um, we're told in Acts that he goes and he gets a letter from the priest, the chief priest, uh, so that he would have authority to go to the synagogues in Damascus 
Uh, and Damascus was a pretty far stretch from Jerusalem. It's not like he was, you know, going to another synagogue in Jerusalem or just down the road, you know, in Bethlehem. He was going kind of to another country, uh, going out of his jurisdiction. And so the question would be, well, by whose authority do you do this? And he had this letter and he could say, well, I do this under the authority of the chief priest. So he has this note from the priest. He travels to the synagogues in Damascus so he could go there and troll the faithful. But on the way, he gets this surprise. He gets knocked off his horse, laid out in the dust by this blinding light. He can't see. All he can hear is this voice and look up into this bright light. And the voice asks him, Saul, why do you persecute me? Saul has no idea who this is. He, got, he doesn't understand what's going on. He just knows that whoever did this is pretty powerful, pretty authoritative. And so he says, Lord, who are you? And the response is, I'm Jesus, the one you're persecuting. Now, that must have been news to Paul because in his mind, he's probably thinking, I'm persecuting the people who follow you. But in Jesus's mind, to persecute his believers is to persecute him. So he's knocked off this horse. He's blinded by the light. There's a great song you should look up. Look up the Bruce Springsteen's version of Blinded by the Light. It has nothing to do with the scripture, but it's a good song. So he's blinded by the light, and his world, as he knew it, is over. He is stopped dead in his tracks. He can no longer go about his business. Suddenly, the letter from the chief priest is forgotten. Uh, the authority that he had has been just laid in the dust, along with his ego, hopefully. And we get another character that enters the scene. And this is where things get hard because none of us like trolls. And um, when we have to deal with them, it's not very appetizing. It's not very pleasing to us. Um, but they're still people. They, for whatever reason, they have gone about the life that they've gone about and decided to do things that they're going to do. And it very well is. I shouldn't say maybe, but it is that Christ calls us to pray for them as well. And here's this guy, Ananias, one of the faithful whom Paul had come to troll. And he's asked to pray for this guy, Saul. And he's asked by no one other than the Lord. And so we have the conversation here. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. The interesting thing to me here is not that Ananias even... He's not, he's not distracted at all by the fact that the Lord is just speaking to him. This was apparently a normal thing. But what gets him is that the Lord is asking him to go to the house where this guy Saul is staying and he goes to kind of he's he's afraid of Saul you know he's he's he has fear of the chief priests and their authority he has fear of Saul whose authority you know he is whose authority that uh, Paul is traveling under I don't think I made that clear and um so he's he's very kind of end up in fear and he makes sure that Jesus knows this right as if Jesus didn't already understand everything that's going on. Um, you know, he's kind of the one that's masterminding this whole situation. Um, and he says, you know, uh, 
you know this guy has authority from the chief priests to harm your people, right? Um, he's got authority to do this. Like I said, he fears Saul's authority. He fears the authority of the chief priests. And for a hot second there, he has forgotten under whose authority the, this whole world revolves. And Jesus reminds him of that. He says, go. This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim the name, my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. So Jesus saying, uh, I don't care a bit about the authority of the chief priest. I don't care a bit about Saul's authority. You need to care about my authority. And so Ananias pretty quickly replaces his fear of Paul and his fear of the chief priests with a good healthy dose of fear for the risen Lord Jesus. And he gets over his fear, he gets over his dislike and his distrust of Saul, and he goes and he does exactly what Jesus asked him to do. He prays for him, uh, lays his hands on him and prays for him. He calls him Brother Saul. That's a pretty radical shift. I think a lot of times when we get trolled by people, we have no desire to call them brother at all. But it's something we all have to work on. Anyway, so he goes and he prays for Saul. And we're told that the scales fall off. Something like scales fall off of Paul's eyes, Saul's eyes, and he can see again. He can see things new. He can see things clearly. Remember at the beginning I talked about one of the problems with Saul, the problem with trolls, the problem with us in general is that uh, sometimes we get caught up in being right. And when we get so caught up in being right, the only thing we can see is everything else being wrong or everyone else being wrong. Um, and sometimes it takes uh, us getting knocked off our horse, uh, a pretty intense experience with the risen Christ to... Uh, to blind us to everything that we thought was right, but open our eyes to everything that is true. And as we go through these days and as we go through these new times of our life, I think we're going to be experiencing a lot of a lot of things that we thought was right, a lot of things that we thought were true, being challenged pretty dramatically. And my prayer for you is that we get to use this time as a time for the scales to fall off and for us to be able to see what's actually true and right. Well, hopefully I'll see you tomorrow. And if uh, you have honest opinions um, or want to share your reflection on one of the other scripture readings for today, you can go ahead and deposit that in the comments. Thanks.